Amen. So I want to uh, go to Luke chapter number 8 today. And I want to go to verse 43 in the good old King James. In the good old King James. Because that's what I know. I tell you what, let's stand and read it today together. Y'all looking good, looking at a good crowd here today. Good to see everybody. If all the sick folks were here, we'd have a nice crowd today. It'd be the house, it'd be filling up. Luke chapter number 8, verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And thou sayest, Who touched me? Now Peter's having a breakdown here. Peter's director of communications for the posse. And, he's, and the Lord is saying, Somebody touched me. And Peter's like, Are you kidding me? That's like people who, who flow with me in my everyday life. I might, ask, I might ask the same question a couple times. I'm not, not because I forgot, but I want to make sure that they remember. Okay? So the posse's thinking, he is, what's, what is he on today? What was in his coffee? We've got a whole crowd here, and he says, somebody touched me. All right. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue, everybody say virtue, virtue is gone out of me. Put your Bibles down, let's pray right now. Lord, lift those hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for this service, this message, God, that this word, that it will touch someone's heart, that someone's need will be met, that someone's void will be filled, that an answer will come. Somebody will get an answer today that they're looking for that they need. I thank you for everyone that came out in this cold weather. Thank you for everyone who braved walking across this slick parking lot. We made it, Lord, and so we're here to enjoy you and in your presence and your glory. Now let your word go forth with power. Let it go forth with authority. Lord, let it do what it is intended to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And Lord, we send your word right now out on the internet as well to heal folks, to deliver them, to set them free. In the name of Jesus. Somebody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Give the Lord one more hand praise. Make it sound like it's a Pentecostal Holy Ghost church in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here we find Peter. Now, if you jump up to verse, uh, a few verses, just a verse or two in front of that, you will find, let me see. You will go up to verse 41 there, Sister Catherine. Verse 41, Jesus is on a mission. There was a centurion, a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. He wasn't a centurion, he was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. Now, Jesus had a reputation. There was a reputation that preceded Jesus everywhere he went. If you'll read the scriptures, and especially if you, if you want to see how healings were done and how Jesus healed folks, one of the best gospels to do that in is the book of Luke. Because Luke was a physician. Luke was a doctor. So Luke goes into a lot more detail of the healings that took place 
during Jesus' ministry than the other Gospels did. But Jairus comes up to him and his daughter is sick. Verse 42, for his daughter, his only daughter, 12 years of age, she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. So Jairus is, is saying to Jesus, I need your ministry in my house. I need your touch in my life. I need your touch in my family. Let me say this, brothers and sisters. All of us are human, all right? As I was looking for the grass is greener when you water it, I also saw where it said, if you're going to try to find a perfect church to go to, you'll never go to one because all of us are just made up of broken down folks that have made mistakes that are now living in the mercy and the grace of God. Amen? Ecclesiastes said that his mercies are new every morning. So I put on my pants and shoes just like you put on your pants and shoes. I struggle with situations just like you struggle with situations. But we're all trying to get on this journey to get to Jesus. That's almost like it was right when I talked about Coca-Cola in the sanctuary, that quiet spell right there. I, I can't believe how powerful that was. Coke in the sanctuary. Notice I did not say Dr. Pepper. Just Coke. So we're all trying to get to Jesus. And we all make mistakes and we're all weak. And I have issues and you have issues. My issues may be different than your issues. But Jesus had a reputation and everywhere he went, he was walking down the road one day and, and a, a blind man named Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was walking down the road. And he knew that if he could get Jesus' attention, then Jesus could heal him. And so Bartimaeus, uh, they, he's blind and he's got his friends there and he's like saying, tell me when the master's as close to me as possible. Tell me when the master's as close as possible. And so when they said, you know, he's pretty close right now, Bartimaeus says, Jesus, thou son of David, who needs a microphone, have mercy on me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? Bartimaeus wanted to get Jesus' attention. The reason that you and I are here today is we want Jesus' attention. We want Jesus in our lives. That's why we're here. We believe in a heaven. We believe in a hell. We believe in eternal blessing and life, and we believe in eternal damnation and torment. We're all going to one of those places one of these days. And so Jairus knew the ministry and the reputation of Jesus, and he said, my daughter, my only daughter, 12 years old, is home, and she's about to die. And she is needing a touch from you, Jesus. So Jesus agrees to go. And as he's agreeing to go, he gets interrupted by a crowd. He gets interrupted by a crowd, you see, but as he went, the people thronged him. They gathered around him, and, you know, they were trying to touch him. They, they needed something as well. All of us need something. All of us have problems. Remember, I told you, one of the wisest things I ever heard came out of a 13-year-old mouth in a carpool one morning going to school. No, coming home from school. And I was trying to encourage, you know, I was a youth pastor. I'm trying to encourage. I'm trying to give them some words of wisdom. They need words of wisdom. Kids always need words of wisdom. They don't want to listen to it all the time, but they need it. 
And that boy looked at me and he said, he had, he had a, kind of a deep voice on there, Brother Tracy, everybody's got problems. And I don't know how old I was, but I'm like, I had to stop. I had to stop and think, wow, he's right. Everybody's got problems. We just have different problems at different levels. Amen? Some of our problems involve court systems and judges. Some of our problems in, involve addictions and habits. Some of our problems involve, involve bad decisions. Some of our problems involve situations that we can't always take care of ourselves. Brother Clark, remind me, I want to talk to you about these lights. I just remembered that right in the middle of my sermon. Yes, remind me. I keep forgetting. Thanks, thanks everybody, for the Christmas gift as well, once again. Now, so, see, this is how mine works. Brother Tracy, everybody has problems. So, all these people in this crowd had problems. And they knew that Jesus is walking down the road. They did not realize that they had just interrupted Jairus' miracle that was coming. The miracle was coming down the dusty road to Jairus' house. His daughter was sick. She's getting ready to die. And Jesus is on his way to heal her. And this crowd, can you believe it? This crowd is so inconsiderate that they throng him. Now, there's somebody in this crowd, verse 43, this a woman that has an issue of blood. She has been bleeding for 12 years. She has spent all of her living on doctors. She has spent all of her living on snake oil. She has tried every remedy, every home remedy. I get to laughing. I know, I, I'm... I have to ask her to forgive me. I'm asking her to forgive me right now. Ginger, forgive me right now. But years ago, and I can remember this, everybody thought Ginger had asthma. And so when she would get real croupy coughed and all that, we, we'd try everything. We tried everything, all right? Now, we also had people in our house that wasn't living for the Lord, so we also had hot toddies. Those worked there too. If you got an ear infection, you blow cigarette smoke in your ear. Now, anybody ever had that? Come on, where are you at? You know what I'm talking about. I was trying to figure out how We don't know either. I don't know either. But I always like to watch my dad blow smoke rings. Like jellyfish. And so, my brother found this concoction of onion soup, onion some type of took onions and boiled it in water. <laughs> Sorry, Ginger. And then he would make her drink that. Poor thing. She would cough and gag and puke. And... Same thing with this woman. She tried everything. She tried all sorts of things. Go home and do this. Go down to the corner store and they got the latest in home remedies. Do this. Boil you some onion soup. She tried everything. She spent all the money she had on doctors. She spent all the money she had on home remedies, and nothing could take care of the problem. There are things in our lives, brothers and sisters, that only Jesus can fix. There are things in our lives that only the Lord in a relationship with him can fix. Now, I know the world says that church is... is uh, is a, a scam. I know the church is an organized religion. I know that church is, 
you know, the world looks down on church and the church just wants to take your money. I love it when, when people say the church just wants to take your money. As people give hundreds of dollars for a bag of weed. What kind of preaching you got today? The church just wants all your money. While every Friday you go and you start spending your whole paycheck on booze and cigarettes and weed and dope all weekend long until Sunday night you're broke, busted, and disgusted. And you got to go back to work on Monday so you can start another week so you can get paid again and start it all over again the next weekend. How do I know all this? Listen, I was in a home where the man took his paycheck and spent all of it, and the mom had to sit there and scrape together and figure out how the bills were going to get paid because the dad had drunk, uh, was drunk and smoked up all the money and done all of that business. You know, come on, let's, we're in Realville today. This is church. This is why we're here. Everybody's got problems, and, you know, the, the world wants to look down on the church. The world wants to say the church just wants your money, and the church is just an organized religion, and I don't think we need to have church and, and all of this business. I'm going to tell you this, though. Only Jesus, when it right, comes right down to it, you take away all the facade and all the smoke and all the mirrors. When it comes right down to it, only a relationship with Jesus Christ is going to change our lives. Amen? Can I get somebody to get a witness in this house on that one? Only Jesus is going to do it. Yeah, church wants all your money, but they give you $250 for an ounce of weed. If it's good, I'll give you $300 for a tip. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be illegal stuff. Some people go to 14 different doctors, and the other 13 don't know about the one. Oh. So then we get all these pills, and we sell pills to somebody. Fundraiser. That's a fundraiser. Probably shouldn't do that here. Probably should just sell peanut brittle or bake cookies or something. Yeah. Yeah. You see, sin is not just for the poor. Sin is for the rich as well. Sin is just not for the uneducated. It's for the educated as well. All of us, all mankind deals with sin. We all deal with sin. The last thing that the devil wants you to do is to get in the presence of, of God. The last thing he wants you to do is to get in that holy place, that holy room, and that veil be ripped and the glory of God begin to swirl around each and every one of us. You see, you know what happened? I'll tell you, on June 16, 1981, I was standing in a campground in between Baltimore and Washington, D.C., and I was at a youth camp, and the glory of God began to swirl around me, sister, and it swirled and it swirled, and that swirling is still going on in my life because that night I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit coming into my life, an infusion of power coming into my life, power from a world of which I had never been to, power from a world of which one day I hope to go to power from a world that changed my life and you see all the darkness was flushed out all of the sin was flushed out in a moment's time you see the devil doesn't want you he didn't want you in church today you don't have to raise your hand but some of you had a fight to get here today some of you had a fight just getting to church the devil doesn't want you here the devil's talking to you right now saying, don't listen to that preacher. He don't know what he's talking about. He got a bum arm. 
kind of just hangs down, but it's getting better. I was in therapy, and she said, we don't want that shoulder to freeze. I said, I didn't have surgery on my shoulders and my elbow. She said, I know, but you're going to ha- don't let that shoulder freeze. I said, what do you mean freeze? I was like, oh, yeah. She said, try this. And I went, oh, there you go. Don't listen to that preacher. I'm telling you, I've been walking with the Lord 41 years. I know what I'm talking about. Look at you over there shaking your head, yes. Oh, it's cleaned up. Remember the night before I took you to First Fruits? He went to visit some old friends. Old Kevin went to visit some old friends. Now, Kevin had been dealing with alcohol, bad situations in his life. There had been some family abuse and all kinds of things. Demons in his closet, skeletons in his closet. And so the night before Kevin left, Kevin, Kevin hit rock bottom. You see, you got to hit rock bottom first. If you don't hit rock bottom, when you, you know, until you decide this is what I'm going to do, then you're not going to change. And eventually, all of us have a bottom. All of us have a, a situation where our back gets against the wall. And that's the best place to be is when your back's against the wall because you can't keep backing up. You're finally going to have to deal with the situation. I'm challenging somebody today in this room. I need you to start looking right in your situation face to face. I need you to look right eyeball to eyeball with that demon that's chasing you, that addiction that has you bound, that's that thinking that has you all messed up. And I need you to say, you know what? There's going to have to be a change today. There's going to have to be some change in today. Kevin came down, sat in my office, and I said, you got three choices. Apparently, this is what it looks like, Kevin. Choice number one, we decided that wouldn't work. Choice number two, that wasn't going to work either. Choice number three, that was eight months in a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, rehab center. <laughs> you know when I have people tell me they want to get clean? I know, I just shoot one question to them. I say, I can help you get clean. But it's going to take about eight months. But everybody wants a 21-day program. And you listen, you can't fix in 21 days what it took all your life to get to. You, you You can't, and I cannot fix in 21 days or 40 days what it took a whole lifetime of mess to get us to where we're at. And so I I said to Kevin, I said, guess what? If you take eight months out of your life, if you take eight months out of your life, it can change the next 40 to 50 years of your life. And he said, I'm going to do it. So he, he wanted to go around and say goodbye to everybody. And the people that got him in church said, you know what, don't listen to Brother Tracy. Brother Tracy's a freaking, uh, he's a nut, all right? He's a nut. You can, you can do this, Kevin. You just stay right here with us, and we'll help you. In fact, if you want to, we'll roll up a joint right now, and we'll smoke it right before you leave tonight, and you'll all be relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the people that got him in church. Brothers and sisters, I've seen it all. So, Kevin goes to the program. 
When's the last time you had a drink, Kevin? April of 2011. When did you go into that program? April of 2011. You haven't had a drink since you went in that program. And Kevin came out of there, and he started talking to people, and this whole, all this, these pews were filled up from what he was telling people. Now, they're not here now because they're, they're fighting their own demons. But you see, each of us have to make a decision on our own. Each of us have to decide on our own. Is this thing for real? Is this thing going to work? Is, 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 is it going to happen for me? You see, the devil says it won't happen for you. The devil says you can't do this. But guess what? You can live this life. You can live this life. You can be free, and not only free, but you can be clean, amen? You can go to sleep at night and not have to worry what's going to happen during the night. If you die in your sleep, you die in your sleep. You can wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Jesus, and have a smile on your face. I'm talking to somebody right now. You see, all of us have needs, but Jesus is walking through the house today. Jesus is touching somebody today. Jesus is talking to somebody today. Let's give the Lord some praise. Would you do it? Come on. It's all right. You can do that in this church. Let me ask you this. Have you tried everything and still you're in a mess? You've tried everything and you're still in a mess. You've tried 21-day program and you're still in a mess. Let me tell you something. If Kevin would have listened to his friends that night and not went to that program, I don't think he'd be sitting there today. No. Wouldn't be sitting there. Pastor, that's a long time, eight months. Yeah, but it's going to affect the next 50 years of your life. What would you rather have, 50 years of living free or eight months of living like you've been living the last however long you've been in the mess. And you know what? You can't help it. You're in the mess. Some of us can't help it because there were things done to us and things said to us and things that happened to us that we had no control over when we were children. Just like Bobby was talking today when he was six or seven years old, he saw that tab up there. And he hit that tab not knowing what it meant. But you see, there was a demon behind that tab and that demon had, had came into his mind and his spirit that day and set up a foothold and set up a beachhead and then it began to affect him. So how old are you now, Bobby? Who? You're still 25. You don't want to get any older. I never want to get any older than 25. And I was 27 for two years. I don't know what happened, but I, for some reason I thought I was 27 for two years. So almost for 20 years, almost 20 years, eight, 18 years, that, that, that thing set a foothold in his life. And it began to affect every part of his life. And he thinks, okay, I'm going to get married. I'm just going to be normal. I'm going to have a family. But you see, sooner or later, that devil is going to raise his head up. And that devil is going to come up there, and he's going to start to mess with your life. And he's going to start to mess with your mind. Because he's not interested in just destroying one person. He wants to destroy two people and three people and four people and five people. He wants to let divorce come and ruin that marriage. He wants those kids and that, that mom to grow up, you know, wondering why. And guess what? Those of you who have been through divorce, it's, maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it is, but I'm telling you something. Everybody has a choice. They have a choice to stay or they have a choice to go. And when they decide to go, don't blame God. 
blame God. Why do we always blame God for everything that bad that happens to us? It's sometimes it's our decisions that make bad things happen, but we want to blame God. Why? Because that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to make us think that God let all this bad stuff happen. I just had a revelation this week about the weather. You want to hear about it? I've got two of the most animated people in this church right here on this front row. Do you want to hear about it? Thank you. Couple of you sanguines helped me up here and sit in the front row with these guys. Listen, I had a revelation. All right. When you when you are flying, and if it's overcast or it's raining, sooner or later you fly high enough, you get out of the weather. And the sun is always shining. Now the sun did not cause the storm but the storm happened under the storms under the sun's watch but if you stay airborne long enough and you fly far enough eventually you will fly past that storm you see God Watches storms come into our lives because it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Good people have good days, good people have bad days. But the sun is always there. So even in your storm, brothers and sisters, the, the presence of the Lord is always there. There's just sometimes a layer of interference between you and his warm presence and his glory. Does that make sense? So if you just fly long enough in Jesus and high enough in Jesus, you will get to where the sun is shining again. So don't cry when the storms come because storms are going to come. Just remember this. You just hold out because the storm doesn't last always. The storm's going to blow on out. Remember how it was around here Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? Wednesday and Thursday? Remember how nasty it was? And Friday. The sun is shining and it's all peaceful and it's all beautiful and the snow plowers are making all that money, making it all that money, which you only make once every three years. Don't go into snow plowing business. It's not going to feed you forever. Not around here anyway. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the storms will pass and the sun is always there. God is always there. He's just watching you, but the storms are going to come. You just got to remember that this is going to pass. This isn't going to stay here always. The wind is going to blow it out of here. The wind's going to carry it on. You know what the word uh, spirit is in the New Testament? It comes from the Greek word pneuma, which means wind. You let the spirit of God come into your life to blow out the wind of those storms and to blow out the storms in your life and allow God to do this. What am I saying? I'm saying that everybody has bad days. Everybody makes mistakes. Right? So you just keep on letting Jesus work in your life. Even though a storm comes, don't blame it on him. He knew it was coming. He saw it. He's watching you in the storm. You just hang on because the storm's going to pass and he's going to be back there again. This woman was in a storm. She was in a 12-year storm. Now let's go on to the next verse. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately the blood stopped. Immediately. You see, Jesus has miracle-working power. 
but she had to decide to go after it. You can come to this church all you want, but until you make that decision to go after him, to follow him, to serve him, to say no to the devil, if any man follow me, let him first of all what? Deny himself. The first thing you're going to have to do is make a decision. It's a decision. Hello, it's a decision. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a decision. Tell him, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. And that's, your, that's my decision. And you're buying lunch. Look at him again. And that's my decision. her job. We're going to talk about this. and we're going to, She can buy it a little bit, can't she? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Don't you like that? Oh, let's all go out and eat. Let's all go out and eat. We all going to go out and eat. Well, little do I realize that when we all go out and eat, when the bill comes, ain't nobody got any money. Everybody's got alligator arms. If anybody at the table had at least one alligator arm, it was me. None of them could reach the ticket. None of them. Well, can somebody at least pick up the tip? Hallelujah. It's a decision. <clears throat> You're going to have to decide that you want to stop living in darkness. We're going to have to decide that we're, we're done with this bleeding issue. And Jesus is walking by, so I am going to make this decision that I am going to at least try to touch the border, the hem of his garment. And so she does, and immediately stop. Read it. Let's go on to the next one. Now watch this. This is where I'm, I'm closing here. And Jesus said, who touched me? All right. So let's imagine. Let's imagine that you all are the crowd. All right. And I'm Jesus. Because I'm the pastor. And I get to what I want to pick, right? Did you all like the update? Please park in that side parking lot so you don't fall down and bust your hiney. Looking out for you. Okay. Frankie, come on. Come on, walk on water, Frankie. Come on. Come on. Yeah, both of you. Oh, yes, you are. You're going to be the woman with the problem. Come on up here. I like this part because guess what? You get to touch the hem of my garment. All right, so surround me. Okay, now. Come on, you reach in here and grab the hem. Apparently, you don't want it. <laughs> All right. She grabs the hem of his garment, and she's healed. And Jesus stops. And he says, who touched me? Who touched me? And he looks at all these guys. And said, Peter, who wants to be Peter? Boy. You're Peter, Frank. <clears throat> You're going to say, Master? 
There's a whole bunch of people around you. A whole bunch of people around you. And you're saying, who touched me? And you're saying, who touched me? Yeah. Jesus is in this crowd, right? Right? Come on, Blocker. You remember how to do that? Right? She grabs a hold of the hem. He stops. Who touched me? Now, here's what, here's what it says here. Peter, oh, wait a minute, back up one. Peter said, and you're saying, who touched me? Peter is saying, you're saying, who bumped into me? Who bumped into me? Who pressed against me? Right? Jesus is not saying that. Jesus said, somebody, there's healing, who touched me? Because that word that Jesus used was to lay hold of and not let go. These guys are saying, there's a big crowd around you and everybody's bumping into you. But Jesus is saying, somebody got a hold of me because I felt virtue leave me. That word virtue, if you look it up in the Greek, comes from the word dunamis. It's the same word that is used in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says you shall receive power. Comes from the same word dunamis when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. What Jesus was saying was somebody has touched me to where the power has left me. What the disciples were saying was everybody's just casually bumping into you. Thank you, brothers and sisters. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say this, that are you going to continually just bump into Jesus every now and then? Or is there going to be a touch that finally comes from your decision that says, I have got to lay hold of him once and for all until the power flows in my life? You see, we come to church and we bump into him. You're out at Walmart and somebody you meet talks to you about Jesus and you, you feel all convicted. Yeah, I need to get back in church. and Yeah, I need to start going to church. and Yeah, I need to do this. You're just bumping into somebody. But when we make that decision that says I am going to lay hold on him until I get the power in my life that I need, until that whole thing of 12 years that has pulled me down, that whole thing of 12 years that has slowed me down, that whole 12 years, whatever it is, that 20 years, that 30 years in your life that have messed you up, that time when you were molested, that time when you were violated, that time when you saw the wrong website, that time when your step-parent, foster parent told you that you would never amount to anything. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's when it gets into our spirit and we carry that trash around all of this time. But you know one touch that gets the job done on Jesus' robe will, and in his presence will completely change your life forever. Let's give the Lord some praise right now. God wants to change our lives forever. Lord, Peter thought the Lord was nuts. He said, you're saying somebody touched you and you got 50 people bumping into you. Jesus knew that. But he said, somebody has touched me different because power left my body. 
Now, there's another place in, the, in Luke that says, and virtue left him, and everyone was healed. Power. Luke also says in one, one scripture, one text, that there were a whole bunch of people there to be healed, and the Bible says that he sent his word and healed them. So be just like here, people be in church, you need a healing, we just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to anoint them with oil, you don't have to pray for them, you don't have to touch them, you don't have to do anything. God just miraculously heals by his power. But you see, it's not just for physical healing. This was physical healing here. But I'm talking about getting a hold of Jesus in a way that you're never going to let go and you're always going to be plugged in to the power source. Amen. Amen. I'm closing, sisters. Amen. I'm closing. What am I saying today? I'm saying it's just a decision away. It's just a decision away. I was 15 years old. <clears throat> I was 15 years old when I received the Holy Ghost. Now you say, Pastor, what's this Holy Ghost thing? The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God, that comes into a man's life. When I say man, I'm talking about human beings. It comes into our lives, and it births us again. John chapter 3, verse 5 says, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot see and enter the kingdom of God. Amen? And so that new birth experience that comes is when my spirit man is born again as the Spirit of God comes into my life. Lots of folks in this house. How many of you have received the Holy Ghost speaking? Here, come on, let's see. Raise that hand high. You received that Holy Ghost? Yeah. I don't know why you two don't ever raise your hand. You need to walk in faith. You got it. Good Lord. I need a healing here for people's arms. A lot of people receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It's that divine power that comes into our lives. It's that divine touch that comes into our lives that changes us completely, that makes us walk different, that makes us talk different, that makes us think different. How do I know I need this, Pastor? You're going to have an emptiness in your heart. You're going to have a desire that you want to live for God, and darkness just keeps, like, it just keeps tackling you. It just keeps overcoming you. It just keeps, it seems like that, that you can't get away from darkness. Once you get the Holy Ghost in your life, there's a scripture that says, it's the 23rd Psalm. You ever heard the 23rd Psalm? You go to any funeral, you're going to hear the 23rd Psalm, or it's going to be read. The last part of that passage says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You want to know what that really says in the Hebrew? Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me. Anybody watch football? Nobody in here watches football. What do you guys do? Sit around and crochet? knit like Rosie Greer. You young folks don't even know who Rosie Greer was. You remember Rosie Greer? Oh yeah. 
So just think about this. For those of you who don't know anything about football or watch it, the quarterback throws a pass. The receiver catches it. He's running to the end zone. And all of these defensive guys are chasing him because they don't want him to run in the end zone. That word pursue means chase. Surely goodness and mercy will chase me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but I want goodness chasing me every day. I want his mercy chasing me every day. Amen? Come on, let's all stand. Let's give the Lord a hand praise right now. Let's give him a hand praise. I just love him. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. So if you want to call this message anything today, I'd call it the touch that gets the job done. So are you just going to bump into Jesus? Oh, I'm sorry. You never build a relationship with somebody like that. You know, you're, you're going through Walmart, the aisles are really thin, you know, really narrow. People got their buggy parked here. Buggy, that's what we call them out east, buggies. I don't know what they call them here, carts. They're standing here, they got the whole aisle filled up. And you walk around them or walk, kind of walk in front of them because they're standing back. You say, excuse me, I didn't build a relationship. I just said, excuse me, and kept on going. Is that how you're going to do Jesus? Are you going to get a hold of me and say, come on, I want you in my life. I need you in my life. And he's going to say, come on, son. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's sing this song. Let's sing it. Let's close your eyes and listen to the song right now. Touch the hem of his garment. Touch the hem of his garment, you'll be made whole. Yes, you'll be just touched the hem of his garment. 
I was pulling on the hem of his garment because I asked God, where are you? I need you now. I can't do this anymore without you. And as soon as I said that, not even two, three seconds later, I looked up and I saw this billboard that I had never even seen before. And it says, do you know someone that's dealing with addiction or struggling with addiction? And it said, there's hope, there's peace. And instantly I just broke down crying, knowing that God had his hand on this. And this was in October. And then fast forward a month later, a little over a month later, God delivered my husband. Yes, you know why she saw that? Because the Lord put her there at that moment in time that when she was at her lowest and she said, and how are we going to get through this? Is there any hope? She looks up and says, there is hope and there is peace. I believe God does those kind of things. Anybody would like, we're going to sing again. If you'd like to come and pray, please come and pray. Anybody want to touch the hem of his garment? Anybody want to touch the hem of that garment today? Come on now. Touch Come on now. the hem of his garment. You'll Hallelujah. be made whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Yes, Come on. You'll be made whole. You'll be changed for all of your life, brothers and sisters. All of your life, you'll be changed. Hasn't had a drink Touch the in over 10 years. We're coming up on 11 years. Touch you haven't had a drink of alcohol. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm talking about the touch that gets the job done. I'm talking about the touch that you lay hold of him and say, you know, I'm not leaving this time. I'm not letting go this time. Hallelujah. Touch the hem of his garment. I tell you what, grab the hold of the hand or put your shoulder, put your hand on your shoulder the person beside Pray for them right now. Pray for each other right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. In the name of Jesus, move, Lord, in their life. Move, Lord, in their life. Touching the hem of his garment today. Touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just come on up? Everybody, just come on up. Let's pray right now. Yes, you'll be made whole. Touch the hem of his garment. Touch the hem of his garment. You'll be made Lift your hands and let the Lord work on your life right now. Come on. 
Those of you who've been talking and praying the Spirit, praying the Spirit right now. Come on, things are going to change in my life today. Things are going to change in my life today. I don't want to live the same way I used to live. I don't want to be like that anymore. No more, no more. I don't want to be like that. This new life at the feet of Jesus. Come on, you can be free to 
today. You can be free today. Touch oh, the yes, hem of his garment. You'll be Don't just bump into Jesus. Get a hold of Jesus. Don't just do this once in a while, but get a hold of him for a lifetime. Get a hold of him for a lifetime. Hallelujah, garment touch the hem of his garment you'll be made whole yes you'll be made whole come on I'm not bumping into Jesus I'm laying hold on him Touch it gets the job done. Touch, touch it gets the, the job done. Garment, touch it gets the job done. years, spent everything she had, tried all sorts of remedies, but when she got a hold of Jesus, everything fell into place. Submitting to you today, when you get a hold of Jesus, everything will fall in place. Everything will fall in place. Your relationships will fall in place. Your life will fall in place. Your mental peace will be there. It will fall in place. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He wants to be our God. He wants to be our Savior. Amen? So don't we're not just bumping into Jesus. Lord, everybody's bumping into you. There's a big crowd. And you're saying somebody touched you. Yeah. Somebody didn't just bump into me. Somebody laid hold of me. Somebody connected. Are you connected today? Make sure that you're connected. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I wanted to... Uh, listen, ask Catherine. I have three pages of notes on something completely, totally different. And during this, that song... The Lord said, uh, you need to talk about the touch it gets the job done. So I said, okay. But I'm telling you, if you lay hold of it, your whole life will fall in place. All of those things that you're hearing out there in the world from darkness, the church just wants your money, organized religion, this is the best life right here. This is the best life right here. And Bobby's been after me to give his testimony for weeks. Pastor, I'm going to do this. I said, Bobby, you need to write it down. Let me see. 
I haven't even read it. I don't think you even emailed it to me. Did you? You know, I know. And the Lord said, have Bobby testify today. Amen. Are you just going to bump into Jesus? Is it just going to be a casual deal? Just going to be a social deal? Or are you going to get a hold of the touch that gets the job done? The touch that's going to clear up everything in a moment's time. And the devil said, you know what? All this stuff can't be cleared up. And I'll tell you what, it can be cleared up. And here's another thing. You may have to leave the company that you're holding right now. You may have to change some friends. You may have to change the people you hang out with. If the people you hang out with bring you down, if the people you hang out with are not God-loving people that just bring you down, you may have to find some God-loving people to hang around. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your presence in this house today. I thank you for this wonderful group and gathering of folks here today, a beautiful congregation today. Most of all, Lord, I thank you for that touch that gets the job done. I'm thankful, Lord, that I was able to make that decision 40 years ago, 41 almost to get a hold of the touch that gets the job done. And Lord, my life has never been the same in 41 years. So I pray for my brothers and sisters today in person, and I pray for those online watching. I pray that Lord, each and every one of us will get a hold of you in a way that will change our lives forever, that will stop the hurting and the bleeding in our lives, that will stop the sorrowfulness in our lives, that will drive darkness from our lives. Lord, let your light shine in our hearts and our spirits. Let your light shine, God, in our hearts and lives. Let your light begin to rise in our homes and in our marriages and in our families. Lord, those children of ours that are, Lord, not living for you right now, not serving you, I, we pray for them in the name of Jesus. Those parents who aren't living for you, we pray for them in the name of Jesus. But God, most of all, we've got to make sure that we're in touch with you, that we're connected and in communication with you, Lord, that, Lord, we walk with you every day. We look forward to that day. Lord, we look forward to that day where goodness and mercy are going to try to tackle us, are going to try to pursue us, are going to try to sack us all the days of our lives. Every day, Lord, mercy's chasing me. Every day, Lord, goodness is chasing me. And Lord, I love living that life. We just ask all this in the name of Jesus. And somebody said amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the, ch the touch, it gets the job done. The touch, it'll change you, make you completely new. This is just one day in the whole journey. If you get 70 years, you get 25,550 chances. That's a lot of mornings. That means 25,550 chances. If you fail, you get back up the next day and start again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Be careful. I love you. You hurry, you're going to meet the other people at lunch. You hurry. Church, Wednesday night at 7. Chosen. A bunch of you come on out tonight to the Chosen. 6 o'clock right here. Be looking, we're going to be having...